Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Anamin, international supplier of bioavailable precision minerals to impact pigs' gut health. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. Contact us for time and labor-saving solutions. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. When it comes to raising healthy animals, you need more than the right solutions. You need the right partner who brings decades of industry expertise and a global team to put that knowledge to work for the advancement of your operation. At Fibro Animal Health Corporation, we are proud to work with you as your trusted partner. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Macy Reeve, a master's student in swine nutrition at Kansas State University. So Macy, before we start, would you mind giving the audience a short introduction about where you're from and what experiences you have? Yeah, of course. So uh, thanks for having me on this morning, Clayton. And uh, I am a Kansas native. I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, made the decision to go to Kansas State, actually, for my undergrad. Um, and that's where I really fell in love with research. I found um, undergrad research and, and agriculture um, and with that, um, found swine um, in the swine industry and um, really took that and became passionate about it and determined that swine nutrition um, is kind of what I wanted to pursue um, and end up in a career in the swine industry. And so I decided to uh, stick around at K-State um, and stay with the Applied Swine Nutrition team and get my master's there. Awesome. So one of the studies that you've done that I saw was um, published recently um, was a study about E. coli disinfection efficacy in the barns and kind of like the, identifying those problem areas. Um, would you mind telling me a little bit more about that study? Definitely. So um, I had the fortunate opportunity um, as one of the very first uh, projects to be a part of um, as part of my undergrad. And then following that up in my master's um, was this E. coli project. And so um, probably about a year and a half ago at one of our nursery facilities, um, it's our segregated early weaning facility um, here at K-State, we noticed a spike in the morbidity and mortality um, that was observed at that specific nursery site. And so we decided to um, necropsy a couple of those pigs and send that off to the VDL here at K-State um, to, to try to determine um, what was really going on with those pigs um, and ultimately found out that uh, there was an uh, infection of E. coli K88 um, and so with this information then uh, came about this study. And so with this study, we decided to take some environmental samples. Um, me, myself and some of the other uh, members of my research team went out to survey some of the problem areas in the barn. Um, and so we identified um, some of these areas. And so uh, these included the exterior and interior surface of the cup waters, as well as the feeder surface and the feeder lip. Um, some of the slats, uh, the surface of the slats, as well as um, some of the rubber mats uh, that were under those water cups. And so we decided to take samples um, from each of these six different locations, both um, before the current cleaning and sanitation procedure was carried out in the barn, 
And then again, after uh, that cleaning and sanitation um, procedures were carried out. And we really wanted to determine, you know, was uh, the cleaning and sanitation process um, that was in the barn really effective in reducing those populations of those bacterial pathogens um, in that barn to hopefully prevent um, another um, challenge for the next turn of pigs. And so uh, we also decided to take samples on some of the common use areas. And so these were uh, the water faucets in the office of the barn, as well as the water lines uh, that ran throughout the barn, and then uh, the exterior surface of some of the feed add buckets. And we didn't find um, any presence of E. coli actually on those common use uh, areas or surfaces. And so we decided to um, go ahead and not sample those again after the cleaning uh, procedure was was carried out. Um, but then uh, what we found for the initial samples and contamination, uh, to no one's surprise, was a pretty high um, contamination. About uh, the highest, I think, was about 9.5 to 10 CFUs um, per sample. Um, and this was under the rubber mats um, and on the slats were the dirtiest surfaces um, pre-sanitation. And so with this information, um, we then did the current uh, procedure or the current at the time procedures in terms of cleaning. And so what that included um, was a power wash and then um, a detergent barnstorm um, was applied to all the surfaces as um, a detergent, sorry. Uh, and then Synergize um, was used as, di as the disinfectant um, that was applied to all surfaces after the power washing step. Um, and this was not specific to E. coli, um, but it does claim, the product claims that it um, protects or kills gram-positive and gram-negative species of bacteria. And so um, after this process, then we left about two days um, for the barn to dry after it was power washed. And then we went in again to collect the post-sanitation samples. And we collected from the, the same pens as before, uh, the same sample locations as before, um, and after analyzing um, these and enumerating them um, back in the lab, we determined the presence um, of E. coli then, again, in all of the samples that were collected, um, unfortunately. And the highest pre presence of E. coli was found um, actually on the feeder surface um, in the feeder lip after the sanitation process. And so um, with that information, we determined that... Um, while there was a significant reduction in some of the other areas, um, like the slats um, or, or the inside and outside of the water cups, uh, there was some problem areas that could um, have some more careful consideration the next go around um, when, when we're talking about cleaning the barn and um, do deserve some more careful attention. Um, and so with that, uh, then kind of the action steps with uh, the, the research that we did here, um, was also finding those problem areas that deserve um, some more careful attention as well as determining, you know, maybe we needed to increase the water temperature. Uh, the water temperature that we currently used um, or used during this research um, was about 50 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And so maybe we wanted to increase the temperature um, of the power washer or increase the PSI or the pressure. Um, it was about 3,000 PSI when used, and so potentially increasing that pressure of the power washer could also be another action item. But then I think it also speaks to uh, the importance of biosecurity, because once these pathogens or once these bacterial contaminants get into the barns, it's 
much harder to um, reduce them or to kill them than it would be to prevent their spread or prevent um, them from ever entering the barn. And so I don't think it's stressed highly enough um, the, the importance of biosecurity. And so that's kind of uh, my take on this research. And um, yeah, so. Yeah, great. So yeah, like kind of like you said that, yeah, it's a lot easier, it's a lot harder, sorry, to eliminate a disease than it is to just hopefully keep it out to begin with. I mean, that's not easy either. But um, so you mentioned a couple uh, ways about like enhance or different ways to maybe like enhance the cleaning or disinfection routine. Um, but what, what do you think based on this or any other research you've done is like the most viable? Because I wouldn't necessarily think, at least myself, I wouldn't think like it's really an issue of the disinfectant not working because it worked clearly on like the slats when it was cleaned thoroughly. Yep. It's like those corners that like it gets stuck in and like with this big long wand, you can't always mm -hmm. maneuver around the corners. Um, yep. So with that, like, do you think maybe it'd be uh, possible for like different feeder designs to be able to um, be more easily cleaned? Um, or do you think like a hand scrubbing action would be like the easiest uh, method to kind of like combat that? Yeah. So um, I think a physical scrubbing or like a hand scrubbing, like you had mentioned, might be another good step. Um, I think the problems area, the problem areas that we determined were um, under the rubber mats um, below the uh, water cups as well as the feeders. Um, and so I think this just speaks to maybe they need some physical, um, physical brushes to remove some of the organic matter, um, that was found on those surfaces. And I think it's just, like you said, harder for the power washer to actually get into those places. And so I think understanding those problem areas would help, um, producers determine what they need to spend a little bit more time on, um, maybe for physical scrubbing of those areas or, um, or otherwise. Gotcha. Well, yeah, there's a lot of we can dissect from this and we'll never get it perfect. I wish we could always get it 100 percent clean. But, you know, if it comes down to doing something like a deep hop or something like that, where it's really important that you get every bit of it. It's, yeah. It's, studies like this are really important. So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all that with us. Yeah, I think it's also maybe um, another good idea, I think, to if there's a disease outbreak or if there's a specific bacterial um, pathogen that a farm is experiencing, then maybe um, taking some environmental samples around the farm um, to determine the presence um, or doing something similar to this research. So determining the initial presence um, and then after their um, cleaning and sanitation procedures, then maybe taking some uh, additional swabs and, and samples to determine if their own uh, cleaning and sanitation was effective, I think just would help um, to determine if uh, they wanted to uh, do anything else or help them to determine their own problem areas um, would be another another good thing. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Heat Stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace Chromium. Visit chemin.com forward slash swine heat stress today. Purina Animal Nutrition, where swine research becomes your return on investment. Life Start Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition. Distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. We have a time and labor-saving product for you. 
AgriSlats by Healthy Farms is your solution. No more lugging jugs around the barn every month. With AgriSlats, you simply drop the slat through the floor twice a year, and it works to break down solids, reduces crusting and forming. To learn more, visit MyHealthyFarms.com. Animan International Supplier of Precision Minerals. When most trace minerals are only bioavailable, Animan trace elements are also active in the digestive tract and permit secure piglet's gut health. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all this with us, and uh, good luck in your upcoming defense as well. Thanks for having me on today, Clayton. I just wanted to take a second to say that uh, the detailed report for this research, including uh, some more on the enumeration process and lab techniques um, that were used for this research, can be found um, in this detailed report, um, which is included in the 2022 KSU Swine Program, or Swine Day Program, excuse me, um, that's at kswine.org. And everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition-related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.